This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lights, camera, Angeline. This week, Earwolf Presents brings you Holly Weird, a podcast about all things bizarre and wonderful about Tinseltown. Hosted by LA writer Jessica Jean Jardin. Jessica is joined by her co-host, Brian Safi of Throwing Shade, and the man, the myth, the child actor legend, Haley Joel Osment. So put down those gossip rags and enjoy Holly Weird. And welcome to Holly Weird, a show about all things bizarre and wonderful in Tinseltown. With me, your host, Jessica Jean Jardin. This is the inaugural episode of Holly Weird. How insanely exciting. For those of you who don't know me, I am a damn LA nut. I have written about LA and pop culture for a ton of years, everywhere from Paper Magazine to BuzzFeed to the AV Club. And about a year ago, I dreamed up a way to merge all of my very favorite things, which essentially are my love of Hollywood, and everything Hollyweird. I have an amazing first show for you guys. I've got Brian Safi from Throwing Shade and 911. We're going to talk about his L.A. life uh, and meeting, oh, I don't know, the icon known as Cher. And after that, I get to chat to former child star and Hollywood legend Haley Joel Osment about growing up in L.A. and coming of age in showbiz and everything insane that that has entailed. But before we get to our guests, uh, I thought we should talk about the very idea of Hollyweird. And one of my very favorite Hollyweird characters, the person on planet Earth who encapsulates the essence of Hollyweird more than anyone or anything, is my one true queen, Angeline. And for those of you who don't know her, please do yourself a favor. Go Google her. She is a billboard queen. She is the princess of pink. And essentially, in the 80s, she started driving around the streets of Hollywood in a neon pink Corvette and threw up a bunch of billboards of herself sort of splayed out suggestively, a lot of skin on display, and really did nothing beyond that and managed to become famous in L.A. And from there, she became sort of this icon of Hollyweird and became like the face and the poster of like the beginning of an 80s movie, setting the scene for L.A. And astonishingly, she has continued to do that very thing, which is essentially nothing, but drive around and put up sexy billboards for almost 40 years. And you can still see her to this day. And not to brag, but also an enormous, huge brag, because of course, I won a ride along with her uh, on my actual birthday, where it just me and Angeline cruise around the streets of Hollywood in her pink convertible chatting about 
everything insane. And it was honestly the thrill of my life. And it was so fun. And I spent so much money on absolutely unnecessary merch that I even lured her to come on stage and do a show at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater with me, where she traipsed around in a pink feather boa, um, fanned her giant fan, went, and walked off stage. And it was one of the most fun experiences of my life. Um, I love her and she symbolizes everything fun and weird and insane about Holly Weird. And I'm so excited to share that exact sentiment with you guys. So we're going to take a little bit of a break and then we'll be back with my first guest, Brian. My first guest is a longtime friend and one of the loveliest people I've ever known, got to meet at UCB way back when. I love to plug our sketch teams. Uh, oh, brother and the get-go. Go look them up. They don't do a damn thing anymore. Double bill. <laughs> um, he is the co-host and co-creator of the Throwing Shade podcast, which you know and love, as well as the TV show. And you've seen him as an actor on everything from, oh, I don't know, Modern Family to Superstore to Access Hollywood Live. Honey. Not to mention, he has a damn Emmy for writing on Ellen. He is a gem. Please welcome the truly wonderful Brian Safi. Hi, Brian. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to be on your inaugural episode Brian, as the inaugural guest. You are my inaugural inaugural. <laughs> Thank you. I've never been anyone's first. Well, so, now you are. This is it. This um, is I'm it. so happy to have you here. Thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, we've had so much fun on the live show, and you've been such an amazing part of it. And I just got so excited at the idea of having you here. Um, I have lots of questions for you. But first off, how have you been? How are you? You know, I'm good. My divorce isn't final, but it's nearly there. I <laughs> That was not a, a scared gasp. It was like, no, that's big. Yeah. And um, uh, what else can I tell you? I'm getting a couple new furniture pieces. Yes. Erin uh, and I were on tour for a long time for Throwing Shade. Yes. And so that's, that ended, I guess, like two or three weeks ago. Where, so I'm in town for a bit. Where was your favorite place that you went? Oh my God! I I mean, uh, I not think, to pick favorites. No, I, guess I think DC maybe really? is always my favorite. But this year we played Madison, Wisconsin for the first time, and it was amazing. It's a cool town. I loved it. We yeah. went there for a wedding, and everybody always kind of describes it as like one of those sort of like blue hip pockets, like a yes. mini, like a Minneapolis and stuff. And it really was. It, it was, was fabulous. So I, I really loved it, and I loved the crowd and everything. It was really fun. Well, we're here to celebrate. All things LA, all things Hollywood and Holly Weird. I want to ask you some questions to get us in the Holly Weird mode. Um, where are you from originally and what brought you to this damn town? I'm from El Paso, Texas. Oh. Um, I think the first time that I ever really thought that I really was in the wrong city and doing the wrong thing was when I saw Annie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> was it like a touring production? Oh, no, it was just the movie. Oh, the movie. Okay. Yeah. Yes, 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 um, yes. And I, it truly, I know that's like every little, mostly girls <laughs> thing about seeing Annie for the first time. And meanwhile, my niece, uh, who's like three, yeah. uh, just saw it, uh -huh. the original, and my, not the, the Cameron Diaz version. Not the Cameron Diaz version. <laughs> and my brother called me, and he was like, "You know, it's sort of offensive. Like there are moments in it that are not. Is it? I don't really would, that wouldn't fly now. But I haven't seen it. Oh, I'm in so, a million years. Well, I'm trying to think. I mean. Yeah, in general, it's probably like <laughs> it's. I can feel my brain, especially if you really think about it. Some of those characters, you're like, eh. but then, um, yeah, I sort of just like was like, I gotta get out of this place, and then um, I went to New York yes. for school. I went to NYU, and then 
uh, came to LA. I got like a tiny, tiny writing job. I just needed, it was one of those things where I was like, I need something to get me out to California. Yeah. And so that was it. And so then I got here and thought I would hate it and didn't. Yeah. I was going to say like, what, what did your vision of it? How did it stack up? The Sunset Strip was the vision. Yes. I mean, it truly, I think the vision was like Tara Reid and Paris Hilton. And do you know what I mean? Those people running the place and and me thinking like, how do I get in with those guys? And I, even though I'm nothing like them. And then I got here and the reality was like way different. Yes. Yeah. You could just choose. You could really, actually, Los Angeles is really a choose your own adventure thing. That's a perfect way to put it. You can do whatever you want with this city when you get here. Like you can live by the beach and be a, you know, have that. Totally. Sort of thing. You can uh, live in Hollywood and have that experience. You can live in West Hollywood and have that. Like, I mean, it's every neighborhood really feels like a small town. And did it feel like it was a slow warm to coming to like it as a place to live? Or was it like pretty immediate? Definitely a slow. Because yeah. because L.A. never really. Like, I mean, now it's different because they're building so many. The, yeah. They're building up now. Yeah. But um, and with all these like condos and these big developments. But it, I remember being so shocked when I first lived here that it never felt like a big city except yeah. that there was just traffic. Yeah. But there isn't like a bit, there aren't skyscrapers really just in downtown. But at the, when I moved here, you didn't really go there. No. And I just remember thinking like, God, this just feels like the burbs. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's sort of like shockingly flat. Yes. And there's like, I think, especially on this side, well, I guess both sides, um, like a lot of, of green. You're like, yes. there's like hills poking out and you're like, yeah. I didn't know. And I never think of it that way. And the hiking and stuff, like I never yeah. thought of it as being that sort of a place. So I was only, I just think I was only really pleasantly surprised. But I think I also, I don't know. I, I, I think also though that there is still the brand of move out here when you're 15 and maybe you could be a model. Which yes. I think is, I think that still exists more yes. than ever. And I think that's, you know. It will never Not the fade. Best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you remember, like, once you started working out here, what your, do you remember having, like, a first, like, razzle dazzle Hollywood moment or, like, that where you were, like, whether it was something you just saw or just that feeling of, like, oh my God, this is the place? I remember I was working. It was, it, 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 it took a, it took a minute. And honestly, it still never feels, it's LA's funny because it never really even even though you consistently work and sometimes the work gets better and better it never really feels like you've accomplished much uh-uh. because it starts feeling like work. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. It starts feeling like you're like oh this is a job. And sometimes I think like 8-year-old me would be so excited about some of the things I've yes. done but when you're in the moment of doing them you're just like oh my god. How- do I park? This sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, I have to be here how long? Like, you know what I mean? And you're just like, why is this taking so long? And and meanwhile, like any of younger version of yourself would be like, oh my God, look who you're getting to work with or look what you're getting to do. Yes. But I remember um, the first thing, and this is so minor, was I was working at the Grammys. Uh, at, it, this was like my first foray into writing anything. Yeah. And it was for, I was I was writing stuff for all the non-televised things they do. Oh, yes. So just like the benefits they do. And I remember um, watching, I think it was Dre saying something I wrote. And I remember being like, oh my God, they're gonna, they're gonna be busting down the doors (laughs) wanting to know who wrote that speech for Dre introducing Snoop. I think that was like- the doctor, Dr. Dre. I was trying to think, I was like, Dre, which Dre? (laughs) Vermeulen. No. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'll never forget it. No, um, and I remember <laughs> that being a thing. And I remember um, when I was working at Ellen, because that was such a frantic job, I remember one time uh, writing something for Jennifer Lopez. She was doing like a cold open with Ellen that was sort of like a little skit. Yeah. And I remember Jennifer Lopez saying something like, da 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 da, what do you think? And like looked at me and I was like, I'm gonna die. <laughs> and I remember those were like the two moments. Oh my God. I feel like at Ellen, that must've been such like a, co- I mean, that's like a constant turnover of yes. nonstop celebs, non- right? Nonstop celebs. And I bet, but it was, I guess, good in that way. And that like, I'm full Shania Twain. That don't impress me much. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get starstruck for five seconds and then it's always just gone, <laughs> which I think is, I guess, hopefully not jaded and maybe healthy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you ever remember having a, an incredibly starstruck moment that like caught you by surprise? Oh, man. It's okay if you don't. I, I've learned that, and especially it's in LA, always, that there are a lot of people who just don't get it. It's always, I'll tell you, it's never with huge stars. It's always like if I see a real housewife. Yes. Or like if I see someone from Vanderpump. Like it's always like, it's it's not if I, if I don't know why. It's not if I see someone. And then a friend told me that one time, and I don't know if this is true, but this is what they said, that they were at the Tower Bar and Jennifer Aniston and Justin Theroux were- Her favorite place. Her favorite place. Famously. They were there. Kim Kardashian walks in with someone else. It wasn't Kanye, it was just someone else. And apparently Jennifer Aniston and Justin Theroux were so excited and they were like, oh my God, can we meet her? <laughs> like they were like starstruck. About Kim? Yeah. <laughs> and I think sometimes you're just starstruck by people that you just have- Yeah. No, that cross even what you do and just like, you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm meeting you. Yes. Yeah. And I think I think that is that funny thing, like, the, the and especially that tier you're talking about, like in the Bravo era that we live in. Yeah. Like I I will forget that you can just like get in your car and go drive to Sir. And like, right. and a lot of people do. And like, go see these people. And a lot of them, it's like, it, especially on the workplace ones where it's like, they're, that's a lot of it is real. And I worked in reality TV for a long time and most of it's not. But right. Then there are pieces like that that are real, and you're like, oh, I know. They're actually a waitress. Right. Um, a while back, not too long ago now, there I look up, and who are you across from? Cher. Cher. That's it. No last name. I mean, there's Cher. no, you can't even that's finish. It. And I have to say, the proudest moment of my life, I really should get it framed, is that the Chiron. <laughs> The lower third yes. said Safi and Cher. Yes, that's right. Which in no, I don't know who did that. Whoever, whatever editor did that. Like, this I really think I might frame that. Brian, you should. Safi and Cher. It is like, it's treated. No like- one knows who I am. <laughs> Why was my name before hers? <laughs> it doesn't make any it sense. It's like the summit of the century. Yeah. It was. A true, Frost Nixon, Safi Cher. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It will be a movie. Yeah, Laurel and Hardy. It should be. <laughs> it didn't make any damn sense. Oh my god! Um, it's it was it's such a delight. There you are interviewing Cher in her home. You would never know that we're in the same. <laughs> you would never know that we're in on the same planet. You have to describe the way it's edited. Well, okay, so we're we're never in the same shot together, yes. which is you know normal, fine, whatever. That's yeah. how they do those. Yeah. She's, but by the way, you walk in, she's stunning. I mean, she really is beautiful, Ugh. just beautiful and glowing and kind Ugh. and just truly like, like 
You, it's, it really is. And I'm not even saying this because I'm like a huge fan or anything, but like it is, you know how, you know how it is like when you meet someone super famous, you're like, oh, they glow. Yes. They actually are a star. I've heard this and you do see it sometimes and you're like, oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah. You're a, you are a star. Glowing. Yeah. Um, I was not lit. <laughs> so they would cut back and forth between us and it truly looked, it looked like it was a joke. Like I was inserting myself into an, a pre-existing share interview. Um, can we play a little, I want to, I want to, I want people to get to hear. She was the, I, she was, she was truly like the dreamiest. And, um, and I felt, I actually did feel connected with her. I can tell. <laughs> I know you and I know what it's like to connect with you. And I felt it happening. Okay, here we go. If there was an artist now who did an album of share covers, who would you want that to be? Whoa. I can't think of anyone that would want to do a cover of share <laughs> songs. I mean, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. So no, I can't think of anybody. I'm a bigger fan of my acting than I am of my singing, but I'm not a huge fan of my acting, but I've made some good movies. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't believe it. She hates her music. What does that mean? She just hates her music. She's like, it's all trash. I can't even believe it when anyone likes one of my songs. <laughs> she was so honest. She was so honest. And then she said something like, there was some moment where I said like, um, we were talking about Mamma Mia too. And she was like, I didn't want to do it. My agent made me do it. Stop. And I was like, fine. Like she just is like, I love a fuck it attitude. And she's always, I think, had that in her. Yes. And she's always, what I love about her, and I think this is actually the attraction. Yeah. I think it speaks to a bigger thing about people ask sometimes why gay men are attracted to people, Judy Garland, Cher, yeah. all these people. Because the odds are constantly stacked against them. Yeah. It's always like, you're a has-been. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're never going to succeed at this. You're not and hot here's, enough. And here's a woman who, in, in, traditionally in Hollywood, expires at a certain age. Yes. Who's just constantly bucking the odds. And it's like, yeah, we root for that person. Yes. We face that shit. Yes. Yeah. So I love her. And like just that, especially that it requires and also seems to come naturally the piece of like reinvention, you know? Reinvention and constantly being like, I mean, it takes so much for a, a, a singer or an actress in Hollywood to be told no for decades, decades and every time to prove them wrong. She mentioned something in that interview too about how like she was constantly – she would have a hit and then get dropped because they'd be like, well, there's no way you have another one. You're done. Yeah. Or like a movie and then she'd get dropped and they'd be like, we don't want to work with you. And it was like, she was just nominated for an Oscar or just won the Oscar and she couldn't like get work. Ugh. It's like insane to me, but but she just, she believed, that's what's so, she believes in life after love and she believes in herself. Oh my God, yeah. Brian. Huge fan. to kill me. I was actually a bigger fan after that interview than I was even before, which I've always liked her, but like, she was just cool. She just sounds cool. Yeah. Did it? As you're like sitting across and making eye contact, are you, you're like feeling relaxed with Cher? Well, she said something when I sat down and she just sort of smiled at me. And I was just like, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. It was like, it was like the sort of like smile you do to like someone who I was smiling as if I was outside of a Whole Foods and someone was with a notepad being like, do you have a moment for women's rights? And I'm like, hi, yeah, sure. Um, but, but uh, yeah, she's, I sat down and she was like, you seem like a smart guy. Oh, Cher. And, and it just. And she's right. Chilled me out. And who oh. knows if she says that to everyone to relax. I don't know. But at the end, it was that kind of thing where I was like, 
I wonder if we're going to exchange numbers. Oh my God. That's my favorite feeling. And you're <laughs> so sure. I've had that on so many, like I've totally. done interviews for magazines and I'm like, it's crazy how we're definitely friends. Totally. And you're like, I'm crazy. Any, oh no. Anytime I've ever worked with someone like that, I'm always like, we're going to be friends. <laughs> and it's like, no, we're not. But you were saying you did go see her show. I got Vegas. to go to the premiere of um, the Cher show on Broadway. Which has it actually opened open? It's opened open now. Okay, okay. And I went on opening night. Opening night. It was fabulous. I got to sit in the very front row and she came out and she sang like to the crowd at the end of it. She sang uh, Turn Back Time. Oh, Lord. Which was amazing. And then... The big thing was that seated right behind us were Kim and Kanye. Unreal. Seated behind them was Brian Cranston. Oh my God. Seated by, behind him was Jill Zarin from oh. Real Hospital. Of New York. I'm going to have a heart attack. Jill Zarin straight up went to Brian Cranston during the intermission and asked for a picture. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way he knows who she is, but I yeah. loved every second of it. Oh my um, God. But Kim and Kanye were sitting right behind us and they. Lo- he got in a ton a of lot shit. Of, there was a big to do about this. For him tweeting during the show. Yes. First of all, I don't know that he knew that that wasn't a thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. Second of all, they loved it. They were having a blast. And you know what I realized? I was like, why are they here? And here's what I realized. Probably the only more famous Armenian woman than Kim Kardashian is Cher. She is. So here's the thing. And I feel like Cher was like, hey, sister, I need you here. Kim is very obsessed with Cher. Okay. And she is like her style icon. And she has like dressed as her for Halloween. Oh. And is uh, because of style and also the Armenian connection. And like she is very, very obsessed with Cher. Um, and there is a great episode from the last season of Kardashians, of which I watch and follow and have another podcast about. Um, and uh, she they she brings her girlfriends and they go to Vegas to see Cher's live show, the music show. Right. And she arranges to like meet her after the show. She wears a Cher costume based off of a real outfit that Cher wore in like the 70s. I it's mean, like that's a, humiliating. It's a replica. It's the craziest Kim has ever let herself look. And she goes with her girlfriends there. They go backstage. And it's so great because Cher is not rude at all. She's right. so nice, but she's not freaking out about Kim. Yeah. She's just, and Kim is legit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Kim is like, God, where I wore the outfit. It's outfit. It's your outfit. Oh, sorry. Oh. And it's the only time you've ever seen Kim Kardashian in like a current era be like completely entranced and unnerved and literally leaves and is like, I was, I was weird. Right. And it's like, where you're talking, what you're talking about. Yes. Where you're like, oh, just because they're, they're on like some tier up here doesn't mean that they're all like, they can contain themselves around the people they're excited around. When I was a kid, I had a friend when I was very little, I had a, I had a friend who met Debbie Gibson. <gasps> like randomly and started crying. And Debbie Gibson goes, why are you crying? And my friend goes, because it's over. Nothing, nothing left. Nothing left. That was that. That was the peak. It ended. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, nothing makes me happier. Uh, than getting to hear that story and getting to imagine you guys sitting in this, Malibu dream house together. It was, I'll never forget it. Thank you for walking me through it. Um, we have so much more to get through. We're going to take a quick break and we will be back with our next guest, Haley Joel Osment. Are you excited? I love him. Oh, he's the best. Okay, we'll be back. Everybody, welcome back. Um, he has been patiently waiting uh, to chit chat with us. I could not be more excited to have him. His resume is as long as a damn CVS receipt. He burrowed into our hearts as a child actor in movies like, oh, I don't know, 
Forrest Gump. Ever heard of The Sixth Sense? Uh, hello? Uh, he's gone on to have a flourishing career, most recently starring in Silicon Valley and Future Man, which is on Hulu right now. Uh, he'll be appearing in a bevy of films this year, including, I'm so excited to talk about this, the Ted Bundy biopic, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, which just premiered at Sundance, and the upcoming The Devil Has a Name, directed by Edward James Olmos. Not to mention... A little brag. I've shared the screen with him on a little program called Comedy Bang Bang on IFC. He played a character named Slow Joey. I was Jenny the Makeup Girl. It's not about me. Please welcome <laughs> Haley Joel Osment. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being here. You got it. What a treat to reconnect Offset. I, comedy Bang Bang <laughs> reunion, man. I know. <laughs> Wait, who were you playing in the Ted Bundy biopic? Uh, I am an invented character who the internet seems to think is a police officer, but is not. Uh, what? Oh, <laughs> they, they think I think it's... they put like Lieutenant uh, Jerry something, and I'm just Jerry. I'm a friend of Lily Collins' character who works at the University Medical Office. Did you watch the document the Netflix oh, thing I've been yeah. seeing it yet. Okay. It's, and it's is it the same director? Yeah. Yes. So which that's led to my favorite Twitter moment of of, uh, of late, which was uh, somebody going, "The director of Extremely Wicked should be ashamed of himself. He should take a clue from the director of the Ted Bundy documentary." Oh wow! Quickly pointed out. Um, but yeah, he is so prolific. It he, takes so long to make a documentary. It seems like he releases one every single he year. He did. Um, yeah, like my brother's keep. Joe Berlinger, right? Yeah, he I, got men off of death row in the the uh, Memphis West Memphis Three yeah, case. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's like the crazy. real deal. Oh yeah, he did that Metallica documentary where they're all in therapy. Oh uh, wow! Yeah. And James Hetfield is in our movie, who <gasps> is playing a police officer. Really? Yeah. Is there any chance he could have gotten Ted Bundy off? <laughs> <laughs> Had he started a little well, the sooner? the thing is that he was convicted. I mean, clearly, <laughs> for the record, he was definitely guilty. Um, <laughs> he was convicted on bite mark analysis, which now is considered to be pseudoscience. It's not oh. really an acceptable thing that they use uh, anymore. And his first trial, where he uh, ended up escaping by, or trying to escape by jumping out the window of the courthouse in yeah. Colorado, he probably would have gotten off in that one, too, because the forensic evidence wasn't great in the 70s. Oh, yeah. So he, uh, you know, has this reputation for being, you know, the super smart guy, but he uh, did a lot of self-defeating things all the time, too, that he could I mean, doing. How great was the 70s? You could just kill, <laughs> no AIDS. <laughs> just like, the then you got caught and everybody's like, he's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Paul McCartney said his father was like, you're lucky, Paul, you came after VD and before AIDS. Or something. Right. Well, maybe he didn't say before AIDS, but Paul said well, that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the time. He That's knew. the time. Um, <laughs> but he, when Bundy escaped, he boarded a plane to Chicago uh -huh. and then like took a bus to like watch the Rose Bowl in a bar like there's just no way of tracking people back then like no. the, the driver's licenses were like typed on a, a typewriter so. I mean there's that great book oh my god I'm blanking on it it's the woman who was his confidant his like very good friend who worked with him at the call center it was like a oh, suicide Carolyn prevention Durange, line I think and it, yeah he was a suicide prevention he, have, this is um it's called yeah. like the, the stranger beside me I think it's called it. and it's yeah. like wow. one of the most famous early true crime books and it's like all about how like they were they worked this like suicide line at night and they were very dear friends and then as his like uh, crimes progressed she became one of the only people that he would like consistently call and check in yeah. and rule is her name that Thank is you, fascinating oh, what a yeah. I have to read that oh my god it's yeah. fascinating because it's also 
It's a little rough. And this is because she clearly has like a lot of feelings for him. And that he is was like, a hunk. And it's like she never super wants to come out and say it. But it's also <laughs> like that's the whole Bundy story is everybody's like, I want to hate him. But right. <laughs> but but this whole movie, this is told from the perspective of Lily Collins's character. Yes. Right? And originally the script was uh, uh, designed in a way where you didn't even know it was Ted Bundy. You went the whole movie just thinking it was this couple where the guy was a little shady and she didn't know he was arrested and she couldn't believe it and only at the end do you realize who he is that became impossible when you're casting Zac Efron to play <laughs> Ted Bundy so the, so the idea to uh, there wasn't a lot of secrecy about uh, that but um, but yeah it's 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 crazy and the documentary was just dropped on his desk while he was in pre-production for our movie wow. and it ended up being this perfect thing because you have the documentary aspect of it about the crimes the yeah. trial and everything and then our movie is a little bit more of just how somebody could snow so many people yeah. when he was so it seems so obviously guilty in retrospect but so many people believed him in the documentary they showed this mural that the Mormon church where he was living in Utah drew to support him with like a smiling <sighs> Ted Bundy surrounded by the community and signed by all the members <laughs> of the congregation like everybody bought into his bullshit oh like, god it was crazy wow shout out to Lori Laughlin. <laughs> The queen of the snow job. <laughs> the Bundy of our time. The Bundy Which of people our have been time. saying for a long time and the felt a little, a little harsh. <laughs> a little tough. So Operation true. Varsity Blues. So true. Oh, my God. Um, Man, you can uh, Amazon brand your dorm room. Is like, oh, that, yes. Wild. I know. I had never heard that's of that. So oh, bad. yes. This, sto- this story is such a window into a cl- an escher. Oh, Salon that I imagined, but never. It just that it's so layered. It's just unreal. we know it's going to be a movie. <laughs> yeah, right. It has to be. Oh, yeah, it has to be. <laughs> it's so because to your point, it's like it reminds me of a, like a much more like the Sony leaks where you like couldn't stop. I couldn't stop reading oh, yes. the emails. Yeah, and it's yeah. too delicious. And it's that thing where you read it and you're like, I can't believe this, but then you're like, but I also believe it. And I, it's like what you always thought the yeah. like sketch character, the sketch version of the world was. And then you're like, Oh, it's way crazier. Yeah. It's crazier. Like, like the rut row email, you know, like, okay. So it's that, but, heightened somehow. Haley, as a child, did you pay your way into any roles? <laughs> yeah. I wish I knew this was an option. I wish I knew I could switch out the proctor. Were you a child that. influencer? <laughs> I really feel so fortunate to be like the last little mini generation before all that stuff became yes. ubiquitous. Like it, it's really just seems like such a, a paradise back then. Like yeah. you would, I would daydream, you know, when like I was waiting right. for a light or something, there was nothing to check. Or you didn't like, have like an iPad yeah. shoved in your face by an assistant. Yeah. Being like, look at this. <laughs> there was no swiping or anything. Yeah, it was just a just a beautiful time. But it's just great with like with that scandal too. The the whole theme of the era just seems to be people who figured out you can lie constantly about everything, and yes. it just works. Sure. <laughs> and yeah. just the extreme narcissism. I mean, it really is like psycho narcissism. Where I don't think someone like that ever really learns a lesson. No. no. Like I don't think Ted Bundy ever really learned a lesson. No. no. And didn't think that he was going to be executed probably until he got into the chair. Like, right. Just believed that he had. Everybody Completely. by balls and like could manipulate everyone and yeah when that when that illusion is shattered it's pretty great. Just watching him when he hears the verdicts is always like his. his oh, I haven't know. seen it. Is it like an actual? Well, clip? it was the first. I believe the first trial ever televised. <gasps> oh shit! And everybody in the trial knows it, and so the judge is doing like really performative hams. stuff all the time. I love them all it's being just, hams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and 
Shake your finger at me. <laughs> is dot dot dot. Oh man! Does anyone remember the judge's name? Shout out to Ito. 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 Had Ito. Ito. It's the only name I remember. Oh, the dancing Ito's on Leno. Remember? Those are the days. <laughs> I mean, no, this judge didn't capitalize nearly enough, or he hadn't hit the late night circuits because mm-hmm. I don't know his name. The yeah. Bundy judge? No, I don't know either. I don't know. Oh, Coward. It was Edward Coward. Oh, I remember. Oh, what? There you go. And he he is the one who said your crimes are extremely wicked, shockingly evil, vile. Namesake. Namesake the of the from. very film. Yep. There, there's a um, a, a, uh, what? Which movie is it? I think it's Female Trouble or uh, Pink Flamingos or something. Some one of the early John Waters movies where. All the quotes on the DVD are pull quotes from Rex Reed, who was <laughs> horrified. He was like, one of the quotes is literally like, who are these people? Why are they making this? They need to go back to wherever they came from. And that's like the pull quotes on Let the Let me out of this room. It's, it's so great. He's so horrified. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, well, so with the this Bundy film uh, that is coming to Netflix, yes, in the fall, I believe it. Well, we're premiering at Tribeca on May the second, and then Fun. I think it's going on Netflix sometimes after that, and in theaters. <gasps> Great, uh, yeah. So you could see see that that beautiful man on the big screen. Oh my god! Zac Efron, not that Bundy. that casting as Efron is such a damn delight. Yes, I want to see that so bad. I hope you saw Roma in the theater. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Ryan is so. <laughs> My, my biggest like uh, Netflix, or I guess not Netflix, but like theater bona fide is I went and like got a hotel room in Santa Monica because they played the eight-hour OJ movie oh. one weekend at the Lemley out there, and since it was eight hours, it was like two showings. Oh, the Made in America so I think I was one? one of like twenty people who saw wow. the whole thing, and then saw it as an as an eight-hour thing with two intermissions. It was pretty great to see it that way. I like, watched it twice, but not in the theaters. Yeah. But that's like the most I've ever watched a single thing ever. Yeah. But it was like the most important thing. I know. The most incredible <laughs> yes. thing. I was like, yeah. Uh-huh. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah. And we'll start over and watch it again. Yep. Well worth it. <laughs> um, wow. Guys, what a delight. Um, Haley, I want to ask you a couple questions and get us into Holly Weird mode, sure. which we are already in it. We're sizzling in it. Uh, right we're in the pan. We're on, we're, we're on Sunset Boulevard. We're on Sunset yeah. It's insane. It's insane. It's crazy. <laughs> who would have thought? Uh, not me. No. When I got off the bus before I walked in here, <laughs> when I got to LA today, what a ride. And your been. suitcase with one yes. bandana sticking out of the corners. Cody felt sad. <laughs> Let me in your yeah. wolf. <laughs> Called us We're up. starting podcasts up here. Mm. Oh, you got ma'am. something to say? It was a real Schwab's moment. <laughs> yeah. It was real Lana Turner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my real name's Peggy. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, I usually, um, I like to uh, ask people some sort of questions about their history and relationship to LA and Hollywood. Uh, yours is obviously really unique because most of the time I'm asking people when they moved here, uh, when they decided to come here. And obviously you are in this really unique position of of being a SoCal native and then also having started very young. Um, so you are from, uh, are you from Pasadena area or were you from originally? I was born in Van Nuys. Okay. Uh, lived in Sunland for the first four years of my life. Hey, nice. Hey, Cody yeah. did too. Um, and moved to Glendale when I was like four when my sister was born. We moved and lived there until I went to high school. Then we moved to Pasadena and I went to school in La Cañada. Uh-huh. So did that, that whole uh, thing through there. But yeah, it's, it is funny because – 
for a lot of people, it's like, you know, when you, you come of age and you move out here and I, I moved away for like 12 years yeah, yeah. as soon as I uh, became an adult. So when I sort of came back at a couple of years after college and started living here a little bit more, it was sort of like coming back to the city where I was from. Yeah. And my sister would ask me places to go when she was going out on dates. And I was like, I kind of don't know anymore. Like, I don't know this city very well. Yeah. Um, there was an Uber when I was... Uh, Growing up here, so things were pretty were pretty uh, focused on the, on the east side, um, but yeah, and it, and it's bizarre because my memories of you know the the early phases of my career, you know, and and the things that I got to do there, like I didn't have too many like uh, weird experiences, and like now that you know since it was the nineties and yeah. before you know the industry changed so much, like it is kind of this weird a time to remember, yeah, and to have been a part of a little bit, yeah, to almost yeah to have been in this like bubble, yeah, it feels like one one when I was thinking about this last night though the one image that did come to mind was after the Academy Awards we went to you know the parties and everything went to Elton John's party. How old did you? Have I been? was a. L- 11. Um, and (laughs) there, you know, was, that was, you know, 11. So wasn't at the party for very long. And then me and my parents were like going outside to take the car home late at night. And this guy came out in a really nice suit and sat down on the curb and was just kind of sitting there with his eyes closed for a little bit. And then just geyser vomited. (laughs) Well, that was the last thing I saw when we got into the car and left. Not throwing up onto the ground, but just straight Straight out. out. Like a, like a yeah, that's the last image I saw. <laughs> Haley, I've, I've, I remember I asked you this once before, but I for, I'm, I'm forgetting the answer right now, and I remember it was underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> only because, only because this was before I think things went super crazy. But I'm trying to remember, was there something insane that you ever got in your Oscar bag or any of your oh, swag bags? Yes. I, it was, I, I was there a little too, a uh, little too early. Early, yeah. <laughs> I think, before everything went nuts. Well, and it was it's the same with Sundance too, because like in the early 2000s in like the Paris Hilton years mm. all that stuff got really out of control and then right. they regulated and then they're it, like right? okay like this is it this is not about movies so you anymore. missed the so window I missed the vaca- <laughs> because I think like in the early 2000s it was like trips to you know Fiji right yeah. like five facelifts yeah, yeah, yeah the early Botox you know right, the version right. one Botox wasn't quite as safe I got a Palm Pilot um, <laughs> oh. which for an 11 year old was super that's useful that's probably what you want I, I taught myself that <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so long ago, like that you couldn't draw letters on it. You had to learn. There was a sticker with like the little swirlies you'd have to make yes. to make the letters pop up. What? Which I taught myself and never used. Like I shorthand almost? Like yeah, it was like. Yeah, it, it was like, a, you know, those curf- cursive workbooks? Yeah. The yeah, Q was actually like the two. Oh. And it was like that. You couldn't draw an A. You had to draw like a little hump. And then a B was a hump with a little thing coming off. God, wow. why didn't this like, stick yeah. around? I, I, <laughs> I don't know why it didn't take off. It's Sounds like learning a new language. Yeah. Easy and fun, more importantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was. I I think it seemed like it was getting shared around a lot this week. Or maybe it's just make, made its rounds before. But I, I had sent to me this video of you in yeah, your eyes. I just yeah. suddenly saw it pop up. Did you see this? No, I didn't. It's amazing. It's um for which movie? It's for Forrest Gump, it was from which was your first feature. Yeah, it was a screen test with Tom Hanks uh, for Robert Zemeckis. Like, I, I yeah, I can't believe. Do you that remember was, it? I do really well. Really? Because right after that, my family and I were going to go to a cabin in Bishop and go fishing, and that's what I was thinking about the whole time. Oh, like, really? Get through this. Get to go to the cabin. <laughs> that's awesome. So, it's basically yeah. framed as like, oh, look at Tom Hanks's sort of pretend that he doesn't know or remember his lines yeah. uh, and leaning in kind of doing like a loud stage whisper to Haley of like, what do I say next? 
And it's like very, very sweet. Yeah. It's very, very, very sweet. I wonder why that's coming up. It just, it just, I have no idea. I I don't know why, but I happened to just see it shared a bunch this week and then someone sent it to me. Yeah. Yeah. People were sending it to me on Instagram. Yeah. I don't know. The algorithm must have thought it was a good week for that to to, to (laughs) resurface. I'm glad it's that and not like auditions where I did a bad job. It's kind of, now it's terrifying because every time you go put yourself on tape, you're like, oh, this will be on YouTube. Oh my God. Well, remember, what's the one? Chris Klein. You knew. You knew immediately. We both I went know. there. And that's, you know what? I, that was horrible it's, that that got released. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's so mean. Like, that's up sometimes. Like, such a private experience. Yeah. And like, and also you have to sing. sing. Yeah. Oh. And he's Acapella. Not tr- oh. He's not trying to be a singer. No. Like, and, no. <laughs> and honestly, yeah. And honestly, like, I don't know. They, they cast Pierce Brosnan in that movie and he can't sing. <laughs> oh, it was for Mamma Mia? Yeah. Oh, it was Mamma Mia. It was for Mamma Mia. It was for the first oh, one. Not for Judgment Day, but for the oh, first mommy. one. Oh. <laughs> mommy and Judgment Day. <laughs> Not for Back in the Habit. It was for, for Mamma Mia. Yeah. Oh, my God. I remember Jake Gyllenhaal said he went and auditioned for The Hobbit in, like, 1997 and didn't realize you were supposed to do a British accent. Oh. So got in, and they were like, oh, well, are you going to do the accent? He was like, uh, yeah. Sure. It was the, the worst experience of his life. Oh, my God. Suddenly having to turn on an accent oh, that for Peter Jackson. So for a bunch of people who do have accents. Right. Oh, good. And everyone in the room is British. Yeah. Great. I feel confident and good yeah um so you were out of la then for basically like college years yeah okay and so what was it like when you came back it was uh, when you move to new york i think it's very easy this particularly that age to be like this is a real city everywhere else sucks like i coming back for work i think at first i was not happy to be here yeah and and now as i've gotten older like it is really a great great city and like if you choose a neighborhood and like try and find your stuff there like it starts to feel a little bit more like a city because I I think it's really hard to not have grown up here and then to come out here all of a sudden it could be a very lonely like like discombobulated city Um, and what I love so much about New York is be like hey meet you know over there like five o'clock oh great I can see like three or four people that would never happen in LA without you know a Microsoft Outlook you know event (laughs) being planned (laughs) my friend does that when we just have dinner and he sends there's like a whole read out with an itinerary, you know, uh, that's how his office works. And I was like, you can just text me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll remember. I don't need a piece of paper. What was it like to be a teenager? Because again, I'm like so rarely ever getting to interact with people that were like young people in LA. And I'm always so curious, like what it was like to be a teenager, like on a Friday night in LA. Like, what do you do? Do you, got, do you try to get into clubs on the Sunset Strip? Or like, no, that's is, the, does that make me sound old? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What Are, is hair metal happening? Yeah. The <laughs> whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Did you? <laughs> Did you go to the Viper Room? <laughs> Whiskey and Go-Go? <laughs> the Rainbow Bar, is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Roxy. Yes. I've never been to yes. one of those yes. places. No, I was probably in some asshole's pool house, like in La Cunada. Like, the Ooh, really, the, the truest thing is that all of my experiences in making movies were very wholesome and the sleaziest stuff I saw was at this prep school (laughs) that's that's where you meet sleazy people with you know like a a baby blue sweater tied around their neck or something Uh the culture of the it is that this culture culture. of the this culture yes this culture the Huffmans the Laughlin's the Macy's yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's the culture (laughs) Uh, but no the and the thing that really 
I think say not say, but it's just what I like to do all the time. It's just I really love to see live music, and yeah. so that was the great group of friends I made in high school. Is that we would just see a lot of shows, yeah, and uh, you know, my my we my friend and I would like cut class. I didn't cut class that much. I'm saying that a lot this interview. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and I'm going to call your school by the way. So <laughs> yeah. now it's like we would go stand in line at the Greek to get Radiohead tickets and we like, you know, drive, yeah. follow them to San Francisco and, and San Diego and all that stuff. And then when I moved to New York, that really went turbo. It's just like you can see a show every night of the week. Oh my God. Like, that really was the linchpin of everything for me. Ugh. So not, not the Viper Room or the Whiskey, <laughs> but like the Echo and the Echoplex yeah. and Spaceland and all that stuff. You can see incredible stuff in LA. And, yeah. that, and that with nightlife, it's like, that's really where you know, so fun. you can see a lot of great do stuff. Do you come here. from a musical? Because I know your sister's really into music too. Do, yeah, you, do her, you come from like a music? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Bluebird. Yeah. Bluebird, get it. Emily Osment. I, I got was a on plug a show in. with her. She's the best. <laughs> oh, fun. We're, um, uh, were, were did you come? Were your parents musical or something? My or? mom plays guitar and my dad played trumpet, and there definitely was like a lot of music in that. Okay, house, yeah, like playing music a lot. So those are very know. specific instruments. Yeah. Like <laughs> I love that a mom female guitarist yeah. shredding, heading over to the Rainbow Room. Why my, not? My only resentment with my parents is that they didn't force me to take piano lessons because uh. I wish I had that. And my mom was like, "Well, I didn't want to make you do it." I was like, "You should have made me do it." Like, <laughs> that was your one job. Now when I have terrible attention span, my one phone. My one huge traumatic experience is that my mother did make me take piano me lessons. Me too. So you may, and I hated every second of it, and she was so mean about it, and I think you might have dodged a bullet. What was your teacher like? Was it the teacher? She was a bitch, and she's dead. <laughs> she sucked, and she died. I, and just, wait, I, I just remember, I remembered a Hollywood story. Um, uh, our friend had a, uh, a Christmas or a holiday party, and she had got gone to Swain's and gotten a bunch of little fake uh, – Snowballs uh, and like put it out on the back patio. Actual snow. Yeah. No. 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 Like uh, like styrofoam snow. Oh. 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 Got it. Got it. I, I, we were at this party together. Yes. Right. And um. Why I, did I believe it would be snow? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. God. It was that week in December where like my other friend and I were just like sitting in our houses watching Netflix and we're like, come on, it's Friday night. Let's go out. We'll meet people and we'll we'll meet we'll make some new friends and like yeah. you know let's get out there. Go to this party. Don't know anybody except Brian and my sister. And my friend picks up one of the to break the ice picks up one of the snowballs and throws it as hard as he can into this crowd of people. And a guy turns around and goes, you're at a 10 right now and you need to bring it down to a six. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> my friend is like, oh, I thought I was at a six. He's like, then bring it down to a two. <laughs> Keeping consistent. Were you nervous to meet, did, like when you were young, were you nervous to meet Tom Hanks or Bruce yeah. Willis or any of these people? No. Um, and I And I was excited and like knew their stuff. I mean- it, it's so funny because, like, with Steven Spielberg, like, my, you know, I, coming from, like, Jurassic Park and, and, um, uh, uh what are some of his movies? E. Um, <laughs> Jurassic uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and everything. Lost there's, there's a big fish that, one. But it's crazy because in retrospect now, when I watch his stuff, you know, when Munich came out or when I was old enough to see Schindler's List and all that stuff, it's yeah. like, God, it's just so crazy to have had that along like working relationship over a period of like yeah. two years with someone like that yeah. or with Hanks too. Like I pretty much knew like Turner and Hooch and big when we, <laughs> we did Forrest Gump yeah. and then all, you know, watch it, you know, watching his career. And then the next year, like watching it at the, Os you know, on TV at the Oscars, it was just like, this is, this is a crazy thing. I, um, 
I remember a time when we were at some fundraiser and my sister was there and she was really little and my mom was trying to get her to eat because we were out at this event and Robin Williams and Buddy Hackett went on this like extended like riff like trying to get my little baby sister to eat food like oh stuff like that wow. like, man this is crazy like that's so <laughs> crazy <laughs> and then this is not really Hollywood but it just came to mind I was at a cigarose show um in 2013 with my friend who was like six months pregnant I think and all the Game of Thrones people were there all super cool really nice people and my friend like drew a bead on Jon Snow she's like I don't care that I'm pregnant I'm talking Jon Snow <laughs> good for her and like good cornered for her. him like I'm clearly pre- and like, like cornered him for a long time he was a per- per- perfect gentleman but, uh, little um, things like that you know it, it's it's cr- to have lived in New York and LA and to have seen all those things it's just it's just the craziest thing like yeah. I've been very lucky to see that stuff yeah. That the night of the Oscars I had met Stephen, I think, one time before that. We had one meeting about AI, and we went to the, I think it was the Miramax party, actually, at uh, Spago, and I was sitting in a booth with my parents and Steven Spielberg, and Wolfgang Puck came over and started making a pizza for everybody, and we were just like... Sure. There's really no, like, file to put that in in your brain, particularly when you're, like, 11, so it's just like, oh, this is, you know, everybody's very nice. (laughs) Do you, I wonder, like, because it was it was so early on that you were meeting these people, but also had awareness of their careers too outside of it. Do you remember the feeling of being starstruck or does it feel like, I feel like it would exist in a different category almost. And for me, I'm more, st- I get more starstruck with musicians. I yeah. think it's always the thing that you're the industry you're not in. Yes. I think, yeah, actors are really crazy about musicians musicians and athletes are really crazy about you yes. know, actors and stuff like that. Um, but also, I think I was really helped by the collection of people I worked with being being very concerned about it being a good environment for a yeah. kid. St- Stephen probably being the biggest example of that has always really cared about that. And uh, uh, Tom Cruise, who was I was nominated in the same category as him for supporting <laughs> actor, he called the house and like talked to me for look, talked to my parents for like an hour on the phone. Stop like it. people just reaching out and doing stuff like that just to because, chat. And I I feel it myself too when you see like a kid in that environment, you knowing the yeah. past, you know, yeah. history of this industry, everybody really wants to make it like a good positive healthy thing right so I think I really was was, uh, 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 benefited from that that's amazing I love that Um, these Osmonds are good kids they're good kids let's call your parents (laughs) my god let's congratulate them Um, okay Uh, I want to move into a rapid fire segment okay you guys alright with that Yeah. Um, it's a segment I would like to call arbitrary Holly weird this or that um and the name will not change. Um, so <laughs> I want you guys to answer as quickly as possible and as honestly as possible. And there are no wrong answers, but Thank there God. are. Um, ready? Yep. Yes. Angeline or Tommy Wiseau? Tommy Wiseau. Angeline. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh I would like to know t- why Tommy over Angeline. Oh, didn't you see that tweet he sent out on March 1st uh-uh. with a little no. leprechaun hat? And it said, oh, hi, March. That was, <laughs> that was brilliant. Okay. He sent that out. Somebody didn't make that for him. He sent it out. I strong. <laughs> I met him. No. I was starstruck for him. Oh, uh, my God. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I, it's for reality people or people like yes. that, I, I do get starstruck for <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And he was like, you know, email me sometime. Give me a call. I was like, I will. That was like, a good Don't, don't like, that was just a good say Tommy. that idly. Like, yeah. 
That was really good. You slipped that past, and that was a very solid Tommy. Every time I see Angeline just randomly, I'm always like, oh, my God, oh, my God, don't look, don't look. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, flip out. Yeah. I cannot tell you it is confidential. <laughs> anyway, how's your sex life? <laughs> yep. He's amazing. Um, okay, on we go. Next up, the Grove or the Americana? The Grove. The Americana. Glendale. <laughs> oh, right. He's got to stay loyal. There's two malls. There's the Americana and the Galleria. They're right next to each other. That is true. More shopping. Okay, Double the shopping. I do award the point. Uh, that was a point that he got last time because of that. And that's a point for uh, Haley again for the Americana. Only because I like shopping there. And it's always Christmas. It is always Christmas. It's dancing yeah. fountains. Didn't I fung? I that's know. true. Oh, yeah. Hello. Yeah. Burma yeah. steak, not bad. Um, okay. This is a little deeper. Uh Choose between Musso and Frank's mm-hmm. or Taylor's Steakhouse. Taylor's. Musso and Frank's. Wow. We're really good. Wow, this is really this. splitting. <laughs> What's your vote for Taylor's? I, I like the crowd better. Uh, I'll take that as an <laughs> affront because I'm going to Musso's tonight. The point oh, goes to Haley. <laughs> Unbelievable. This is a tricky one. Ready? Sunset Boulevard, the street or the movie? Controversial. I'm gonna say the street. Oh my God, Brian. I know. I've seen that movie a million times. I love it. I, I just, for some reason, I can't watch it again. Okay. <laughs> I'll do. I'll do the street. Okay. Uh, oh. Ami- Amoeba's there. On we go. Making fun of wheatgrass or making fun of yoga. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm gonna say. It. I'm gonna say making fun of yoga. Okay. Even though, honestly. I, I, I even do yoga sometimes. I hate, yeah, all of it I hate. <laughs> yeah. Definitely making fun of yoga. Okay. Yeah. I agree. Hey, wheatgrass, uh, even if it's a placebo effect, whenever I'm sick, you know, I'll go get one. I feel like I get better. It feels great. Yeah. Like those cayenne yeah. shots. It's There's so going to be a moment where people, where people acknowledge that LA yoga is appropriate. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like it is oh, of like, like, oh, culturally, look yes. what you've done to this practice that's existed in, but yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> um, next, running your lines out loud in the audition room while you wait or in your head. In your head. In your head. Okay. What a nightmare. Okay. When people do that, you're like, come on. God, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I know. Um, okay. Moving your car when hungover at 7 a.m. for street cleaning Oof. or having to see aspiring models have low-budge photo shoots on the sidewalk in the sun while oh, you're I in traffic. I live for that. You love it. I live for yeah, that. Okay. So the, I, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, well, okay. one is good and one is bad. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the photo shoots make me sad. They make Sometimes me they sad. do. Sometimes they do. It depends on a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. Last one. Singing in your car or... Crying in your car. <laughs> oh, I don't, you know, uh, Haley? I'll do singing in the car. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think I'll do the same. <laughs> oh my God, I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> my pref- my preference is crying. <laughs> safe space to safe yes. space to cry. Yes, get it out. Get the windows tinted. Get it out. Okay, so. Oh, I'll never forget. Anyway. No, no, no. Wait, wait. No, just, um. Uh, I, I, uh, when Paris Hilton was crying in the car on the way oh, to jail. Yeah. Those, oh that series. <laughs> they were following her. Remember they were following her like crazy and she was just like, she'd fucked up so many times. So many times. And then that. But then died. she got to have her triumphant like trot out of jail moment. She did. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So lastly, for all the points, 
Who can correctly identify the response and the Hollywood icon who was asked this question by Johnny Carson? Okay. What is the best way an aspiring actress could get into Hollywood? Stump? Barbara Streisand? No. Tig Fountain? (laughs) Wait, did you say the name Tig Fountain? (laughs) Oh, who, wait, what? Who said, who, what is the response? Do you Uh remember the response? And if you can, who said it? It has a mural on the street. Oh. Oh, I blew it. At Hollywood High School? (laughs) I haven't memorized Um, all the text on that. uh, Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) <laughs> well, you were so okay. Are all answers in? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You were so close because the answer is Take Fountain. That's what I said. I yeah. asked if you said the name Tig Fountain. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who is Tig Fountain? <laughs> this, went, this went off the rails. I'm sorry. Because I was going to say Take Fountain Betty Davis. That's the answer. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then I thought I said to you, did you say Tig oh. Fountain? <laughs> Oh, I thought you said, did you say take fountain as if that were a person's name? And I was like, oh, I must have just heard no, this question. No, you, uh, you were right. That's okay, right. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, my God. Sorry. I was like, how could he get so close but make it a person? Okay, well, yeah, the answer was take fountain. Betty Davis, that was her answer. Good job, Brian. Thank you. I'm sorry I doubted you and thought no, it was a person. Um, and uh, good news, it's a tie. It was a tie. You guys tied. You tied. Um, that is it, guys. That is the end of uh, Holly Weird. Thank you so much to everybody for listening to our first episode. Uh, thank you to Haley and thank you to Brian for being absolute delights. Um, it means so much to me uh, to celebrate this great wacky town. So uh, thanks again. Bye. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.